Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for being here with me today. It is a beautiful, beautiful sunny spring day, 4-4, as I record this, and as it is released, 4-4 of 2-2. Good angel numbers. Auspicious, hopefully beautiful things will happen today. So I was thinking a lot about parenthood and how much it changes a person. You know, there's the whole postpartum depression thing that some women contend with, which is really difficult. And uh, I was blessed. I don't think I don't think I experienced that because it, it didn't register with me. So I don't think it was a problem for me. There were a lot of other challenges, but not really that. But parenthood is a radically transformative experience. Being a mom brought out aspects of me that I had either denied or not yet discovered. It forced me to learn patience for sure. Man, I think I've said before, that my kids would tell you I am not a patient person. (laughs) It reconstructed my whole world to center on Savannah, and my own development took a back seat, at least in terms of career, as her development became of primary importance, and my function was just as an enabler. Parenthood was about to dramatically alter Patty's personal chemistry in addition to upending their entire household. Mom and Pat's house went from a space that was dog-centered and full of colorful, curious art and artifacts, to a riotous explosion of baby paraphernalia. I had already seen how the presence of one infant had filled my own house with a load of Toys R Us trappings, and I guess that twins necessitated double of everything. Mom's living room had undergone many transformations in the years since I was a child, but recently they had revamped the kitchen with a total makeover And while they were at it, they had added skylights to the living room ceiling. Mom loves skylights. The house had started as your basic 1960s split-level ranch, with a single-story living room and kitchen central area and a long hallway off of one side for the bedrooms. This became a formula for new construction in the 70s, too. It makes the communal space the focus of the house, so that's kind of nice. Mom had a baby grand piano in the living room, even though she herself didn't play, But since she hosted family gatherings, there had to be a piano so we could all sing. Then there was a curious piece of artwork which mom had made as her master's thesis project. It was an oval table with a six inch lip all around it and it contained a bed of fine sand. Nestled in the sand were seven pieces of beautifully carved wood that were parts of a woman's body, a face with hair extending up and out, one arm that was reclined back, breasts, belly, two legs, all submerged as if they were emerging from the sand. This was conceived as a physical representation of a myth, 
that mom had decided to do. And they were all carved out of dark woods, mahoganies and such, just gorgeous, or chestnut maybe, something beautiful and highly polished. And the myth was that Zeus put a cow down onto these salt flats and it licked the salt and freed the titans from the earth who were imprisoned in the salt flats. So this was a woman titan emerging from the salt. Really cool piece that my friends in high school were always like, whoa, picking up the breasts and stuff. (laughs) I'm like, oh, come on, grow up. It's art. Anyway, the interior wall of the living room was entirely bookshelves, just full of all kinds of interesting novels and art books and such, except for uh, there was a large stone fireplace on one side. And then the opposite wall was almost entirely glass sliding doors, which gave out onto a large green backyard, fenced in to keep the dogs contained, of course. It is a lovely light-filled room, perfect for entertaining and enjoying the outdoors while still inside. It was in this room that Patty and her team set up camp. The sculpture made way for baby swings and play pens. The piano was covered with a cloth and held piles of diapers and other supplies. And on the large, deep beige couch, Pat sat nursing the boys for hours on end with a special half-round pillow that tucked around her waist from the front and allowed the babies to rest tucked under her arms with only a hand needed to support and guide their tiny heads. Unlike in my experience, nursing came so naturally to Pat. She sat as if a queen on her throne, doing her duty for her people. Perhaps it was mom's wish to keep their own bedroom as their sacred space, which had relocated all the baby things down to the living room. But the effect was to positively make those babies the new focal point of their household and their lives. This would, of course, be the natural order of things normally, but it clearly challenged all of mom's pre-baby negotiations about babies not changing her life. Not only did her house now overflow with baby blue bluster, but there were two new staff members who, by turns, slept over and ministered to the babies during the night and overlapped during the day so that Pat could get some rest. Nancy was one. She was a registered doula which was a professional whose focus was to make sure mom and babies were getting all the best care to ensure that they all thrived. And then there was Virginia, who was an ample and cheerful Trinidadian woman who had also cared for many babies, though she had no fancy title. These two were now a constant in mom's household, and they kept things running smoothly with great kindness and endless patience. Despite this abundance of care, Pat was still nervous and anxious, She wanted me to come over often and she had many questions because I was the only other mom she knew at the time, although later she would surround herself with a whole gaggle of women that she loved who all had young children like she did. That's what happens when we're young parents. We gather other young parents around us, right? In any case, I could only answer from my own experience, which did not include all of this multiplication of every aspect. Endless nursing proved taxing. And I suggested that she could supplement with some formula since she had so many extra hands to feed babies too. She vehemently objected to that solution, claiming she wanted to give her babies what was best, and that was breast milk. I took that as a judgment of my own choice to give up on breastfeeding. But I choked back my feeling of being offended, and I chalked up her insensitivity to lack of sleep, 
Whether it was lack of sleep or chemical changes taking place inside of her due to postpartum depression, Pat became more demanding and more irritable as the weeks went on. I couldn't understand why she felt she needed me around when she had so many paid helpers and I had my own baby to take care of. So I started going back to my own life with Savannah and visiting less often. It was about three weeks after the twins were born that my cousin Phil was set to get married down in Atlanta. He was marrying Susan, that girlfriend that he had been with when Savannah was conceived during that trip that Dave and I took with him and Susan. The whole family was excited for the wedding, including mom, who was going to be traveling to Atlanta just overnight or maybe over two nights without Pat because Patty couldn't really go with this whole team and the babies and everything. It just wouldn't be, it would be pointless because she wouldn't actually get to go to the wedding. So she decided to stay home. Dave and I were set to stay for a few nights because we wanted to revisit Atlanta and we thought that would be fun. And we were bringing along a lovely new babysitter named Gloria. She was young and pretty and Savannah liked her a lot. She and Savannah would come to the wedding for a little while, and then Gloria would take Savannah back to the hotel and put her to bed while Dave and I enjoyed the rest of the wedding. That was the plan, and it would work out perfectly, of course. (laughs) So we got down to Atlanta the night before the wedding, and Dave was supposed to go to the bachelor party with the rest of the guys, but it was already in full swing by the time we got into our hotel. So he called my brother to find out where they were since they were going to be making a tour of a couple of different bars. And he found out exactly where they were, which we were familiar with, you know, a lot of the different nightclubs and stuff because we had lived there. But my brother was already quite tipsy and he's like, Dave, man, you got to come down here. It's incredible. There's this stripper who can crush beer cans between her boobs, man. I was like... Oh no, Dave, you are in for it, man. Dave took off and went off to the bachelor party and I stayed with Gloria and Savannah and we put the baby to sleep and I watched some TV and heard about this crazy bachelor party the next day when we found that not Dave, but many of the other guys were so fiercely hungover. It was just gruesome. And it turned out that they had gone to a couple of different places. And in this last one, it was a strip club. And one of the guys, WB, had reached out to touch one of the girls. And apparently that was not okay somehow. And just as Michael went off to go to the bathroom, the rest of the party was collared by the bouncers and summarily expelled from the place bodily. They picked my brother up, who's a big person, and chucked him out the door. The guys were in various state of being wounded. They had various bruises and bangs, and and they were also really, really hungover. And we realized, you know, it's not such a good plan to have the bachelor party the night before the wedding, because they were all miserable. Fortunately, Susan's brother, Ray, was a doctor and he had with him oxygen and other sorts of IV supplies that he could easily administer. And he treated the whole bachelor party gang so that they were fit to participate in the wedding. (laughs) And it was like a miraculous cure. But the wedding was super fun. 
We danced and Savannah loved it. She she was the focal point of a lot of it because people were like, oh, little kids at weddings, so cute. And the two families were all really excited for the young couple. And it was a beautiful, beautiful day. And it took place in the botanical gardens. So we were surrounded by gorgeous plants. And there was a tent and delicious food. And we danced and danced. And we have a wonderful picture of the four generations of women from my family because my grandmother's holding Savannah. And my mom and I are next to her. And it's a beautiful picture of great-grandmother and grandmother and It was such a lovely, lovely memento from that day. But we had a wonderful time, and Savannah did go back to the hotel and easily went to sleep with Gloria, and it was fine. So it was a gorgeous occasion. And then when we arrived back home after a couple of days, I got a phone call from Pat, and she screamed at me for a full couple of minutes because she was so angry at me for, in her words, leaving her all alone with her babies. And I was flabbergasted. I was like, wait, but you have people to take care of you, and they're not my babies, and I was going to my cousin's wedding. Of course I wouldn't miss my cousin's wedding. And I think that she was just also really angry at mom for choosing to go, But again, this was an occasion that wouldn't be duplicated, most likely. And it was just shocking how upset she was and how unreasonable her expectations were of me in particular. It's one thing for her to say that to her partner, but it caused a difficult rift between the two of us for a little while to come. And... I tried. I tried to be patient and understanding, but I was really shocked that she would scream at me like that. And I slammed down the phone after a little bit and didn't want to listen to any more of it. But it's crazy how the body chemistry can change so much because Pat had been a happy, cheerful, funny soul up until the day she gave birth. And then she changed a lot in those first few months of pregnancy and found the early days of baby tending to be very, very difficult. But we'll have more of that next time. Oh, yes, so many adventures to come. Thank you, thank you for being here today, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.